Hi, I'm Heidi. I'm a mum of one, and I'm on a mission to understand the science of baby sleep. Not just what they do, but why they do it. What's going on in their brains when they sleep, and when they don't. Brought to you by PureFlow, the experts in baby sleep. This podcast will help you understand the whys, and hopefully find a little bit more patience in the middle of the night. Lisa Joyce heads up design and development at PureFlow. She's been designing baby products for how many years? I'm going to say about 22. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) She's worked with many of the leading brands. I mean, if you've got a baby, you probably already own a few products that Lisa's had a hand in designing. We get a lot of questions from parents at baby shows and on social media about PureFlow products and products in general. So Lisa's here to troubleshoot and myth bust some of your questions. Hi, Lisa. Hi, Heidi. Hello. Do you know that intro is quite funny because it makes me sound like I could have been designing um, products for people's grandchildren, doesn't it? But yeah, 22 years, goodness me. (laughs) (laughs) uh, We've got a few questions that are sort of generally things we get asked a lot and Mm. things where we know parents can get a bit confused about things because new parent, as I was a new parent, I had no idea. So to kick off a massive question, are there safety standards for all baby products? You know, it's interesting, isn't it? This is a question that kind of comes up so many times and we do so many consumer shows and I feel myself on a sort of repeat with this one. And it's really interesting because no is the answer. Sadly not. Um, a safety standard will typically take, so with British, uh, the British safety, um, the BSI standards, they take about eight to 10 years to write. Um, and in the fit that, of course, there are ways of fast tracking, which might be only five years. But, but the point is, because there's so much innovation in baby products, people are constantly coming up with ideas. As, as all parents, we've all kind of thought, oh, what if? Um, you know, there, there's so much innovation. So it's almost like the standards, are, they're just not fast enough to react to the market. So what happens um, where a product is established, prams, cots, cribs, baby sleeping bags, they all have standards. Of course they do. But where you've got a new product and a perfect example, actually, is the baby, the baby nest. There's no product for those. Uh, there's no safety standard, sorry, for those. So, so what would happen in that instance is that um, there are general product safety guidelines that we can follow as a manufacturer. Um, but also we can find similar products with similar characteristics that we can test again so we can really understand and risk assess what what might happen to a baby if they were using that product or if they were left in that product and we can we can make sure that the product is safe so it's quite it's quite shocking really because as a new parent you assume that you walk into that high street store and if a reputable retailer is selling it you assume it's obviously met a lot of safety standards but you're saying that's not always the case across not- product market no definitely not I think I think that's a really good point yeah I think with a very good with a reputable retailer for sure um even if there isn't a set of standards that are kind of commonplace for a product you still have to demonstrate that you've risk assessed I mean every product is risk assessed a responsible brand will always try and negate all the risks associated with the product and all that sort of documentation has to be disclosed to a retailer. A retailer will, will will demand that. They want to know you've done your due diligence. They want to make sure you've really made sure this product is, is going to be safe for a baby. But not all right retailers take that approach. And I think, um, 
you know, there are some there are some online stores particularly where that's not as big a consideration. So I think just to be aware as a new parent that, you know, look out, actively seek, seek out the sort of safety standards and the safety testing that's been done for that product. I think, um, you know, you can you, very quickly, you can get the, to that information. And most brands are very happy to disclose that, um, you know, and, and, and most brands are very open about it. So if I am shopping for baby products, how do I know whether a product's been tested to those safety standards? What, what should I be looking for? What should you be looking for? Okay, so I would say you need to, to very, very quickly get down to the either the specifications or the nitty gritty or the detail. And there you'll find listed out whether a product has been tested to a BS, so a, a British safety standard, or an EN, which is the European standard. And we're still using, of course, we're still using European standards. Um Really, global standards um, aren't, aren't commonplace so much. But if you look for British or European safety standards, then you know that that product has been safely uh, assessed. Where there isn't a specific standard for that product, it will still list out European and British safety um, guidelines or, or, or standards that could be followed. So, so BSEM, they're the two things to look out for. So I think particularly when people are shopping and certain large online marketplaces, it can be quite tempting to buy products that look like other products um, from reputable brands and so on. So that's something that people should really look for in that, in the wording, in the copy, because presumably brands who have done that testing will be very keen to talk about it and put yeah. it on there. Whereas a brand that might have come from another country and hasn't actually tested to British standard or European standard obviously would not include that information if that's not the case and Correct. I guess they can then contact that brand and check with them what those mm. you know what kind of safety testing it's gone through but it's well worth always just looking for that to have that piece of yeah mind. for sure just spend five minutes looking at that I think it's that's a good point as well raised in that you know different different countries have slightly different um testing so for example in Australia um these these the testing around baby sleeping bags it's just a little bit different to what we do here in the UK, and it's just purely to do with um, with how we describe the product, the labelling. Um, but 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 it it is different. Um, and you're right. Um, in some countries, they don't. It's not. They're not. You know. I mean, this to consider. You're not legally obliged to um, make a product to a standard. You can sell a product legally without it passing any safety standards, and that's scary, actually, in that itself. Is scary as a as a parent. That's like a real shocking concept. Yeah. But I guess we need to remember there are lots of fantastic brands in the UK and worldwide who are doing brilliant things and testing yeah. their products to the nth degree. Yeah. There are also lots of people out there who are churning out cheap products and trying to sell things quickly and not uh, yeah to make some quick so book for sure. It is on us as parents to to check and make sure, right? Yeah, I think so. I think parents are much more switched on nowadays, definitely. Mm. And um, people like groups like Witch, for example, are, are really proactive in, act, you know, actively seeking out products that don't fulfil the safety standards that are around. Um, you know, I, I think in years gone by, it, it, it just people just weren't aware of it. And I think now, you know, safety is so, so important. And, um, you know, uh, making sure that whatever you put baby in and leave baby, you know, effectively that product is is looking after your baby for eight hours unattended you're asleep they're asleep so you need to make sure whatever it is that they're sleeping in on you know is 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 safe so yeah it consumers can really absolutely drive uh by by only buying products that are that are safely tested so i mean you mentioned baby sleep bags there i presume pure flow baby sleep bags are tested to all those safety standards of course they are they're absolutely so so 
we we designed the new safety standard was uh, written in 2018. So actually, the work for that started back in 2009. Um, I actually sat on the committee that was involved in that safety standard, and uh, so that just that's a perfect example, isn't it, of how long it takes to do. Um, I had a child in that. I had two kids actually in in, in that time. So my um, my experience of the product changed considerably in the time it took us to write the standard. It's it's a really really good standard in the sense of it really considers the main issues that a baby sleeping bag um you know is designed to overcome so the idea with it is that it it considers the size of a child that's wearing a product there's a temptation i think for parents to go oh well they grow so quickly so let me buy the next size up mm, definitely uh, with baby sleeping bags absolutely not you know it's all about making sure that you've got the right fit and there's a massive difference between a three-month-old baby and a nine-month-old baby so what you need to make sure is that you get the right size for your baby and that it's um it's suitable for their weight because it's the weight weight that determines the next size and the next size that that prevents baby from slipping down inside um but yeah just just making sure that you are um you know get, getting the most appropriate product for your baby and and also things like tog so um the the standard um uh, the standard makes sure that you give the right kind of information for consumers in a way that they understand so how do i dress my baby with this tog of baby sleeping bag how do i um uh, you know what's the room temperature with this tog of baby sleeping bag so you know, not patronizing consumers because, as I say, for, for me, I, I think in the time I've been designing baby products, parents are much more savvy and they've also they've got much more, uh, you know, there's much more available information for them to really research and understand product. You know, not delivering it information in a patronizing way, but just making sure that the consumer is well informed and they have the knowledge to then make the decision to buy the right product. Okay, so just to circle back, you just mentioned about the neck sizing is part of the safety standard yes how that relates to baby's weight so obviously a lot of parents might say oh I've got a particularly big baby I've got a particularly small baby is there an easy way for them to check whether that baby sleep bag fits their baby appropriately yeah so so actually it's just making sure they've gotten away it's the weight of the baby the weight of the baby will determine so the length is not really important so um it's more it's about the the weight of the baby because that as i say that that determines the neck size mm-hmm. and the neck size then um yeah it's made it's made wide enough but not too wide so the baby doesn't slip down inside it so typically when we have our babies in the first 12 months we're very very clued up on what weight they're at you know we 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 tend to weigh babies more obviously beyond 12 months it's not as you don't typically go to the baby clinic so much but when you buy when you're buying sort of your your swaddle and then your baby sleeping bag you'll have an understanding of what what's the right size in terms of weight and um, and bear in mind that my 2 month old baby might be considerably different in weight uh, to your baby and um I think I think that's the thing. There is we use anatomic data to determine the size of our products, but we obviously we've we've got to work within the scope of the standards. But also, you know, we look at a typical um, size weight of a um, a three month old, a four month old, a five month old, and that's that that gives us guidance as well. So, um, all babies grow at different rates. Uh, another thing to bear in mind is they grow so much in those first few months, and then the the the, the growth the growth slows down. You do have growth spurts, of course, but um, it's quite interesting. I think parents sort of they always say to me, "My gosh, you know they're going to be the size of a teenager by the time they're one old if they carry on growing at this rate." Um, but no, you know, as I say, 
don't be tempted to buy a bigger size. Buy the size that's right for your child, you know, determined by their weight. Great. I know when my son was little and I was considering, is it time to move them up to the next size? Is it not? You know, my friend's just given me one and I'm really tempted to put me in it because it's cute. My way of testing it was that I would do up all of the, the poppers and things at the shoulders and then try and put it down over his head like you put a T-shirt on. Yeah. And if it doesn't fit over his head, then it's an appropriate size. If it does fit over his head, it's not an appropriate size because that means his head could then slip down into Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you it's anatomical <laughs> that's, that's my number. <laughs> well you know that whatever works I think the thing <laughs> I mean but, but it's the, but it's an interesting point though Heidi is that, that it is the neck that stops them from running down inside it's mm. not it's not their arms because I think mm. I, I often remember parents sort of saying to me but their arms look massive babies arms are kind of coming yes they are and that's normal and not to worry about that um oh. neck hole is the most important thing with this product and actually, the other time when you'd obviously change baby sleep bag is when the temperature changes. And you yes. mentioned TOG. Can you explain to us briefly, what does TOG mean? What is a TOG? Yeah, yeah what is TOG? Okay, so a TOG tells us the thermal resistance of a fabric. So in the winter, you and I will probably, probably have about a 15 TOG duvet on our bed and that'll keep us nice and toasty warm. But babies don't have that same system working in terms of keeping their, uh, you know, regulating their body heat. So they don't need the same um, warmth as, as you and I. So for a, uh, a child uh, under 12 months old, the maximum TOG um, that we would use for, for that age group is 4 TOG. But actually, commonly, we use a 2.5 TOG because as an industry, and this is this came about, you know, that when we when we did our standard back in started the work in 2009, 2.5 TOG is warm. So it, it offers um it offers a coziness, a warmth to a child, but it won't overheat them. So what we do is we give parents advice on how to dress their baby with that TOG. So um, obviously when the temperature dips, then you would just layer up, layer up underneath the bag. And then obviously as it's cooling that you can you can dress them accordingly. And the temptation sometimes is when they get cold because people will 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 go to a baby and sort of feel their fingers and say, "My baby's cold. They've got cold fingers. That's okay. That's perfectly normal. Your baby isn't cold. It just means that they're they're, they're doing you know their system isn't working, which is all perfectly normal. Um, but it will. It's just not kicked in yet. So just make sure that the dress, the clothing that you're using is is not too warm. Um, and actually, if they're too cold. They'll let you know because cold babies wake up and scream. Um, well, I remember my son's arms would be quite cold when I got him out to feed in the night, but yeah. he was quite warm. So that's quite normal, is it? Yeah, very normal. Very, very normal. What we want to do is make sure that we're not um, overdressing our baby or making them, you know, making them too too warm. So two things there, um, obviously what they wear is key, but also the room temperature. So the Lullaby Trust, uh, trust sorry, uh, recommend a room temperature of between 16 and 20 degrees. And that actually feels quite cold to most people. It's certainly mm. for me, I like a nice toasty warm room when I'm sleeping. Um, so yeah, it, it, important to keep that room on the cooler side. So what we're trying to do is just keep the, um, the temperature of baby, sleeping baby, comfortable and, and on the cooler side. So uh, the reason for that is that we know that overheating has has um, some, you know, can can lead to incidents of, of um, sudden infant death. So, you know, it's all about sort of um, reducing the risk. So keeping baby cool, keeping lots of air around them, keeping them comfortable. You know, people sort of say to me in the summer, 
it's 27 degrees and you know my, my thermometer's glaring bright red and how how what can I do to make baby com- comfortable actually some babies still like that feeling of um, a half tog is great because you can use it like you would a sheet when we go on our holidays and we have mm-hmm. just like a cool sheet over us a nappy and a half tog's wonderful when it starts getting warmer than that then then just a nappy baby will sleep perfectly well just in the nappy but you know having the window open getting air circulating getting a fresh kind of airflow going will will, will help us well um take the overall temperature of the room down great um i've got a couple of questions here from our fans on instagram who have sent in some expert questions to test you so here (laughs) we go (laughs) is it okay for a baby to use a pillow so pillows are not recommended for babies under 12 months um, and the reason for that is because uh, basically they are they are soft um, and that they present a suffocation and an overheating hazard. Suffocation in the sense of if a baby rolled into the pillow, um, babies haven't got the same functionality in terms of rolling around in the sleep as, as, as an adult has. So they could, um, you know, if, if they were prone. Um, sleeping on their face, then they could, um, that could be a problem. Equally, if they sink into the product at the back, the head is covered, you know, your head is where all the air goes out. So if that's covered, that's, that's a real problem. So like a hat, people, we talk about not using a hat indoors uh, for babies. It's cute as it looks on Instagram. No, 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 not inside the house. So yeah, a pillow generally, you know, around 12 to 18 months, that's when it's a good time to sort of introduce a pillow because, you know, obviously the baby's head's getting a little bit heavier. The nose, the the, the cartilage in the nose is solid. So if they are rolling around, they've got something stuck on the top of the face to stop them from suffocating anyway, you know, and and, um, it's, it it has a place, but not for a newborn baby, not for a younger baby. And I suppose that is also why they say not to put soft toys and things in the cot. Yeah, pillows, Same sort of soft idea. toys, anything with a soft, soft surface. So um, a pillow or the sort of cushions that you, you might have on your sofa. Uh, and that's, again, why they say, you know, don't let a baby sleep on a sofa because anything that's soft is, 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 is a hazard, um, as we've mm-hmm. explained there. Well, that kind of leads on to then the other question we got through, which is, are baby nests safe to sleep in? So a baby nest was designed to a uh, for a, for a sort of a place to um, a cosy place to put a to put a baby to nap in. Um, they're not intended, and it's not recommended to use a baby baby nest um, unattended. So when you're not in the room or or you're asleep. Absolutely not. Baby nests are designed as a a temporary kind of nap surface. Great for tummy time. Great for, you know, the phone rings. You've got a newborn. Great place to bob baby whilst you, you know, give you a bit of um, hands down time. Um, So, yeah, baby nests, not not suitable for overnight sleep. At PureFlow, we have a product which is an alternative to that, which is a bed. Um, and that was designed, that was born out of the fact that we know some parents have been using nests overnight. So we've created a product that is um, designed to be used overnight because it employs completely different materials. It's got very structured sides. It's got a solid base. It's been tested extensively, actually, to make sure that it addresses all the issues that a nest might present. So that's the sleep type bed, right? It's the sleep type baby bed, yeah. So could you just explain briefly kind of how that differs from a nest? So you said about there are some risks with a nest, kind of what are those risks specifically? And then how's that different in the sleep type bed? Yeah. So the uh, nest is typically made from a pillow material, which is a soft kind of squidgy, very squidgy um, kind of pillow material that you might have on your bed or on your sofa. So, so 
that's lovely if a baby rolls into it in terms of banging the head, but it is there is the issue that the 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 danger it presents is that it could smother the baby if they roll into the sides and babies roll around a lot. The problem mm. is they can't roll back again. Mm, even even tiny ones set, wriggle themselves into all sorts of positions. Yeah, <laughs> they're amazing. You try, yeah, absolutely. They're they're quite incredible. And yeah, so so from a from a from a suffocation issue, the 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 soft cushioning of a nest is 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 there, but equally with the overheating. So um, because of the soft surface, uh, squidged surface, the um, the back of the head could sink in, and and, and then the child can't. You know, um, there's no heat to go anywhere it just goes into the cushion and then back into the child so that that's a problem also typical nests and um, traditional nests i should say have no structure in their base so whatever surface you put the product on it's going to form that base but also it means that the, the surface is uneven so if you look at guidelines for mattresses or sleeping surfaces for baby it talks about a firm flat base so the bed we, we when we designed the product we looked at what the the challenges were with a nest and um we basically designed we, we we actively looked at how we could address each of those concerns and give parents a really safe alternative so the structure of the bed has been designed it's 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 sort of solid but it's got a bit of a squidge so you know you can kind of squidge it a little bit so if baby when if they're not swaddles and they fling their arms on it they're not gonna they're not gonna brew you know they're not gonna do themselves an injury however if they roll into the surface the front of the head or the back of the head it can't deform so so basically the material that we've used retains its form so it stays very rigid um so 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 that in itself if you kind of hold up the bed at the side of a traditional nest immediately it sort of sits up proud because it's solid and, and and retains its structure also it has a base in it which is a um, removable base which um so the surface is a 3d mesh so it's got breathability but also the solid surface gives you that really um flat ground like a like a mattress um, we tested this product, so uh, there are no safety standards for nests. I've already, I've already sort of mentioned that. So what did we do? Well, we used general product safety, but we also found other products in the market that had similar characteristics. So, so what we have to do, obviously, as a brand, is go out and find external advice. It's because you know it's really important that we get the most up to date advice, sort of technically. So we worked with um, two labs to make sure that we were getting really good information and really good advice and independent. Most importantly independent advice so that we could really make sure the product we designed was safe and that you as a parent could pop baby in it you know go to bed and sleep you both sleep soundly you in the knowledge that the products the baby's in a safe place so the sleep type bed is safe for overnight sleep unlike the other traditional nests it is yeah it is it's safe to be used overnight so um unattended so daytime naps again great the point we advise not to use the products overnight is when the child can sit up unaided. So all cribs, all cots, all sort of first beds for babies, Moses baskets. Once a baby can sit up unaided, um, you are advised not to use those products. And the reason is that that once a baby can sit up unaided, they 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 very quickly can start stand, standing and very quickly can start doing like a bit of a pole vault action where they can <laughs> very quickly wiggle their way out of those um, out of those cots. So. The, because of the rigidity of the sidewalls of the sleep type bed, 
which makes it a brilliant product in terms of safety for newborns. It's not so useful for um, a, a very active child because it becomes a foothold. It's mm-hmm. it's so uh, so yeah. So we recommend to stop using it overnight at that point. Okay, but I guess prior to that, it has because it looks quite like a traditional nest, right? Just at yeah. first glance, if you don't feel it, um, so it gives that same nice cozy like smaller sleep area for the baby to sleep in so that's why nests are so popular isn't it that parents think you know babies sleep find that their babies sleep better in it because they're a little bit more contained than out in the massive cot mattress as it must seem for a newborn (laughs) like abandoning them in yeah in this (laughs) vast space and and that's huge (laughs) that's actually why they were designed originally that Mm. they reduce the sleeping space for the baby um, and actually, even in like, um, you know, um, uh, when a baby's uh, premature and, and they end up on the, on the, in the NICU ward, they they still, you know, they, they roll up blankets and stuff and put them around the crib. But you have to consider that that child has 24 hour, um, you know, supervision. Mm-hmm. So that's OK. Um, so, so, you know, w- w- anything we can do with a baby to mimic the womb. So re- so swaddling's great as well, because, again, you're reducing that area that sort of that sent reducing the arms flinging about into you know into the vast unknown any anything you can do to 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 mimic the cuddle effect i think that's essentially it isn't it mm-hmm. babies love to be cuddled they love to be held they love to be carried i mean who doesn't um <laughs> so you know the bed the bed emulates that as well okay um last couple of questions these are more uh your personal experience <laughs> rather than your professional knowledge although i'm sure that both are one and the same at this point in your life Uh, but as a mother of a couple of kids and also a product expert what would you see as the top three must buys for a new baby oh okay so yes I'm going to be predictable here and start with a baby sleeping bag because for me um having designed products for a good number of years before I actually had my own babies to really try them out it it was the product that everybody told me was must have. And um, it really is. There is this nice, there's just this, it's just the ease in which you can put baby to bed. You know, the ease in which they're cozy, but they're not too hot. They're not too cold. They get very quickly used to that sensation of being popped into their sleep bag, you know, and I think I think it's a really it's what's nice as well is you can get your swaddle bag, then you can get your baby sleeping bag, and then you can go up a size in it. And it's a really really nice part of the parent uh, you know of the of the bedtime routine as a parent. There's nothing nicer than cuddling a baby in a baby. Oh, I mean, it's just gorgeous, 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 gorgeous. So that would be my first thing. And the second thing would be um, some sort of white noise machine. Oh my goodness, I can still hear in my mind my little. I had a product called the Tranquil Turtle, so my baby is now almost nine and um it actually used to make my husband and I go to sleep as well and, and that <laughs> product now in fact it's it's um I think it kind of is available but there's lots of other a myriad of other other options for you so um you know but, but the beauty of that particular product was that it had a light show and it had really kind of cool sway music and the soon as if, if Freddie was crying I would pop that on and it was like something triggered in the sense of that he just kind of very very calm down you know it wouldn't make him stop crying entirely but he certainly cried down and um, you know calm down and it, that again like the bag became part of his uh, routine but the third are uh, the third product that like literally every new parent needs to purchase 
is a sock on. I mean, <laughs> how I got through my early parenting years without a sock, even if I hadn't have had a sock on, I have no idea. Baby socks have just got this habit of just kind of like, you put them on, you put them on the baby's toes, you turn around, you look again, and they're gone. They're just like, <laughs> there's somewhere in the world, there's like a massive pile of baby socks. Well, <laughs> somebody knew this and came up with the idea of, of, of sock on. And, and, and they're a really funny little thing, but essentially you you put your baby socks on, on, on little baby's feet. And then you basically, have you seen them? There's like a light. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like a little tuby grip with a hole yes. cut out for the heel. <laughs> yes. It's much more attractive than that. They're in <laughs> colours and yeah. a nice sort of thin, stretchy material. I actually bought them for my twin nephews and I saw them at the weekend and uh, their parents were saying that one of them did a fantastic, I mean, these, these babies are less than six months old, but managed to take his sock off and fling it across the room. Just... But yeah, the sock ons prevent it. They are they are totally brilliant. Yeah, it's a bit of a sad day when you stop using those. So yeah, yeah, they, they would be my top three, I think, in terms of like must-have essentials for sure. Okay, and then on the flip side of that, what are your top three? Don't bother to buy it. Just three? I mean, I would like so we were laughing actually at the weekend. I purchased, so I was when I was pregnant with with my first baby, I was living in Australia. I bought him a pair of canvas shoes for when he was first born it turns out that newborn babies don't need shoes so so yeah very far are they (laughs) (laughs) not typically yeah but no (laughs) I would say um video monitors may be controversial but for me I just I think so here's the rationale monitors yes 100% brilliant you know um really really great product to have in the sense that it's it's you can you've got that constant ear open for baby but always i would go and check i would go if there was a noise or if there was something that didn't you know something that didn't always 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 and and i i just felt that with a video monitor that it, i just became a bit addicted to it you know it was a bit of this thing where i was like oh you know, and 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 I'm not sure I relaxed as much as I did when I had. Weirdly, I had a video monitor for my first baby, and then my second baby, I didn't. Not that I didn't love her as much, not at all. <laughs> Just that I felt maybe it was a confidence thing. I don't know. For me, maybe it was more about like having that confidence. But I just felt that actually, a digital monitor, you don't have to spend a lot of money. That's that's enough. No, see, I've only had one baby. And I did have a video monitor and I loved it. Did you really? That, yeah. But I was addicted to checking it. You're right. Um, <laughs> but I loved being able to just have a look every now and then, make sure everything's looking okay in there, make sure he's not magically disappeared or turned into a unicorn or whatever might happen well, in the middle of the night. Absolutely. Um, but, and especially actually, I found it got more useful as he got older. I ended up okay. using it almost cut into the toddling years once we'd already taken the side off the cot and lowered the cot and all of those things because then it was is he still in his bed or can <laughs> yeah. I hear some bangs and some out of bed <laughs> you know, and, little feet <laughs> yeah when you're sort of straining your ears going I don't want to go in there because if he's on the verge of sleep I'll wake him up again but actually if he's got out of bed and he's pottering around his room I'd rather go in yeah so yeah it really helped for me a long yeah. purchase into those stages was brilliant I can totally see the merit in that Heidi actually mm. right and I think I think um yes as as it just prevents you because actually you do disturb them you do disturb yeah. them when you go oh you my son if you yeah if he sees that you're anywhere near just as he's falling asleep straight away even now you know he's, <laughs> yes. now and he's like hello 
<laughs> yeah. Ready. Yeah. I'm away. Playtime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, video monitors would be my number one. Number two would be mobiles. Oh, cop mobiles. Like, what is the point in a cop mobile? I just think they're such piff paff and are totally unnecessary. And I'm with you on this. I'm not sure why anybody would want to spend whatever just for a product. Actually, I think you know it has no purpose. It just looks nice. I think- Exactly. It looks nice and they can be really cute. And I think aesthetically, if that's what you want, mm. absolutely great. In the same way you might buy a picture to put on the wall and you know yeah. you're not going to give two hoots about that picture, but you as a parent like it for the look of your nursery. If that's what you want to do, absolutely crack on, spend what you like. Yes, yes. But I think, yes, because there's a misconception that that mobile is going to entertain the child. And that's the issue, isn't it? And people are then spending a fortune before the baby's arrived. Yeah. And actually, babies eyes can't focus at that distance for quite a long time after they're born and then by the time they can they're big enough to start reaching up and grabbing the thing at which point you're supposed to remove it because it's dangerous so exactly Exactly. so it it is it's a it's a bit of a nonsense Um, and my other one I have to say this because I bought this regrettably oh an electric sterilizer for the baby bottles just like what was I thinking you know it's so easy to just get some sterilizing tablets from Boots or wherever and just do it that way. Mm. Even better, for 10, 15 pounds, you can buy something in, that goes in the microwave and does the yeah. job quickly and easily and with no. And, and it's another, you know, the thing is, mine used to take up half the countertop and it was just all the, and then, oh my gosh, when I was breast pumping, the, the worst thing that happened to me. I initially started using it when I was breast pumping and I put all the bits in, but I didn't put enough water in. And then that's probably why, partly why I hate it so much. And it melted half the bits and bobs that went with this (laughs) breast pump. And then of course, then I had to go, oh, but yeah, I, there is, I think the thing is, it's really good to chat to other parents, isn't it? About Mm. what's useful and what (laughs) isn't. And some things will work for you and things like, look at that whole thing about video monitors. You know, Mm. some things will work for you and some things won't, but I think invariably you kind of, it's tempting, particularly with your firstborn, like me buying these ridiculous shoes, to just kind of buy up loads of things that you think you need. Actually, it's worth spending a little bit of time and really kind of researching what you're going to actually use. Yeah, I think also I'm quite like weirdly a gadgety person. You know, I've got a thermostat in my house that talks to my phone and all of that gubbins. Um, But um Weirdly, yeah, I went for a, I had two sterilizers and one was the microwave one, which is little more than a plastic lunchbox, but yeah. just directly, right? Yeah. Um, but there's no real technology to it beyond it's a plastic box. You put water in and put it in the microwave. And I also had the big bucket, which you just put the Milton tablets in yeah. and leave for many hours and what have you. But I think there's a temptation to look at those electric sterilizers and go, well, there's tech, so it must make life easier. But you're right. Putting the sterilize a tablet into the water and then leaving your bottles in it what could be easier than that <laughs> yes exactly. they're sterile when you need them exactly because the other thing is once overcomplicate things. once they're sterilized in the in the machine you have to make sure that you use them within a certain amount of time otherwise you have to sterilize them again and oh mm. yeah piff we call it piff path we just it's unnecessary piff path that we do not need in our lives as parents for sure <laughs> well hopefully that experience your your voice of experience there might help a couple of people who might yes. be on the fence about what to buy <laughs> yes. pros or cons there 
or at least giving them some food for thought or they're sitting at home listening to this going no you're completely wrong yeah absolutely i love my cop mobiles <laughs> in which case please message us on instagram <laughs> Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> yeah yeah we've got a whole good debate going there heidi oh yeah well that's been really interesting Lisa. i think there's lots of um, really interesting information there about how products come to market and they're testing and things and there are so many things that we could talk about in relation to that and so many products to talk about of course so genuinely if anyone does have any further questions please do message us on instagram because obviously lisa as she is pure flows product designer will see those messages and be able to reply and reply directly to you but equally we could bring her back we could cover more of this on the podcast and um there's plenty to talk about here uh, but thank you so much for joining us today, Lisa. It's been really, really well, brilliant. Thank, thank you. you thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the Science of Sleep podcast brought to you by PureFlow. If you have any questions, send them to me on Instagram at PureFlowSleep and I'll find an expert to answer them for you. And if you need any baby sleep kit, head to pureflow.com to shop the award-winning range of baby sleep bags, cribs, swaddles, and more. Until next time, sleep well. <laughs>